This show is a part of the podcast network of the Walled Garden Philosophical Society, an international community of philosophers and seekers dedicated to the pursuit of truth, wisdom, virtue, and the divine, wherever they may be found. To find out more, go to thewalledgarden.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Searching with Seneca. I wonder if you've ever had a time in your life where you were stressed and worried and anxious, not about something that had happened in the past, not about something that was happening in the moment, but about something that might happen to you in the future. You know, this is a, a common experience among all of us humans where we, we tend to kind of put a narrative into our minds about something that will happen in, in, in the distant future or in the close future. And even though it hasn't happened yet, and even though it may not happen or may never happen, we still feel that anxiety of the moment as if it had happened to us right now. And that's the topic of today's episode, because I'm going to be jumping around Seneca's letter number 13 on groundless fears, where he's talking about this kind of premature suffering that we go through when we set a narrative in our mind about something that might happen, and we live out the emotions of that event as if it was real and as if it was really happening to us. And so, as I said, we're going to jump around this letter a little bit because there's a few passages that I really want to include in this episode that relate to this idea of, you know, pulling ourselves away from that tendency to suffer more than necessary before, before something has happened. So, anyway, he says in verse 4, quote, There are more things, Lucilius, likely to frighten us than there are to crush us. We suffer more often in imagination than in reality. I'm not speaking with you in the Stoic strain, but in my milder style. For it is our Stoic fashion to speak of all those things which provoke cries and groans as unimportant and beneath notice. But you and I must drop such great-sounding words, although heaven knows they are true enough. What I advise you to do is not to be unhappy before the crisis comes since it may be that the dangers before which you paled as if they were threatening you will never come upon you. They certainly have not yet come. End quote. So in this verse, Seneca kind of starts out with, you know, one of his more famous quotes, which I'm sure you've already heard before, we suffer more often in imagination than in reality. And, you know, this quote, uh, it's certainly been my experience that this was sort of a revelation to me, and I've seen it be, you know, have a similar effect on other people because, you know, so often we, we don't actually understand that we are just suffering unnecessarily in our lives, and we just, we kind of just go through it, and we don't actually understand that, that what's happening is so often we are projecting these events into the future and believing that they will come to pass, and we are believing uh, that, that, that we're going to feel that pain. And in doing so, we, we suffer so much in our minds, uh, you know, especially about things that may never happen and often do not happen. And there's a quote that I believe does an even better job of demonstrating this point, and it comes from Mark Twain. He said, I'm an old man who's known a great many troubles, most of which never happened. Now that's that quote there is you know gave me a similar effect in my life where I started to see that oh okay so much of the anxiety the fear the stress that I feel in my life 
is actually not coming from real tangible events that are happening to me in that moment. It's actually coming from the projection of those events events into the future. And from me making up these narratives or believing these narratives in my mind that are telling me that something will happen. And once you know that, that's actually almost enough to give you a sense of at least momentary calm and to recognize how, how silly it is that we do this. But it definitely takes training over time to, uh, to, to really get yourself to pull back into this moment and to not be governed by what we believe will happen, but to be governed by what is happening in the moment. And, you know, I really like what Seneca says next in that passage, because he says that I'm not speaking to you in the Stoic strain, but in my milder style. For it is our Stoic fashion to speak of all those things which provoke cries and groans as unimportant and beneath notice. But you and I must drop such great-sounding words, although heaven knows they are true enough. I just want to talk about that for a little bit, because, you know, Seneca was a Stoic, yes, but he was a different kind of Stoic, right? Now, the stereotype of Stoicism is, you know, it's all about self-restraint, it's about controlling your emotions, you know, it's about being hard and disciplined, and that might be all well and good, but what that often can lead to is, it can lead to us kind of saying things that sound great, and they might actually be true, right? And it makes us feel good to say these these noble these these brave courageous things right but but Seneca's saying let's just pull it back down to earth for a second right and even though that might be true uh, we recognize that this is a problem that we're all dealing with and and you know we we want to take a a kind of a, you know a less drastic approach because at the end of the day you know like we've talked about in in this show uh, sometimes you can be overtaken by the ideology of stoicism and so what happens is you'll have all of these brave quotations at your ready and you know you'll live your life based on you know these quotations that make you feel good about how you're living your life but ultimately uh, you know are you doing that deeper work to 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 actually understand yourself to understand your emotions to not just try to be the controller of yourself but to to allow yourself to open up and and to to see who you really are right and i think that seneca you know he was he was an artist he was a playwright you know he understood emotions he understood how important they are he understood uh, how humans can be captivated by a great story, right? And and he was watching people and trying to figure them out. And 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 you know, so to him, it doesn't make sense to to simply govern your life by these strong statements, but rather to to take a milder approach. And so instead of using these strong, courageous statements from Stoicism, what he says is, you know, what I advise you to do is simply to not be unhappy before the crisis comes, since it may be that the dangers before which you had paled as if they were threatening you will never come upon you. They certainly have not yet come. So, he's just encouraging us to say, well, listen, this thing that I'm fearing right now, this thing that I'm anxious about or stressed about, it actually hasn't happened yet and it may never happen. And so, that's that's a way better approach to take than to just say, well, you just don't need to worry about it. Or, you know, you should not worry about these things because ultimately pain is, is, is just, you know, it's just an indifferent, right? It doesn't ultimately matter because if you've ever had pain, you know that that is not the case. If you've ever had true pain, if you've ever suffered in life, 
you know that pain happens, right? And so that's why I like that Seneca takes into account the full range of human experience. And instead of telling us, well, you just shouldn't be worried or you shouldn't be anxious or you shouldn't be stressed, he tries to teach us why we shouldn't be worried, why we shouldn't be stressed, why we shouldn't be anxious. And he tries to show us logically that it doesn't actually make sense that we would feel this way. And that's a better approach to take. But if I can add anything to what Seneca is saying here, I I would probably say that sometimes in life it's helpful to ask, you know, when we are feeling these emotions or these stresses or worries, how does it actually make sense that I'm feeling this? You know, might this actually be a, a very important part of me as a human being? You know, why have humans developed this tendency to foresee potential dangers in the future and to then feel the anxiety and the stress and the pain in the moment before it's even happened? And you might think that that's actually quite a useful thing that happens for us because it would be a good thing if we had uh, at least some foresight into the future and we could see potential, uh, you know, pains that might be on their way so that we can then change, right, and, and, and make sure that we are prepared for if something like that does happen, right? That would be a very useful thing. But here's the difference, right? So often, we experience that pain and that that suffering prematurely and almost unconsciously. We don't actually recognize that we are that, that we are living out this narrative in our mind. So first recognize that you're living out that narrative. But you know, most of the time that narrative is governing us. We are the slave to the narrative that is in our mind. And so we feel stressed and anxious and we feel that pain. But you can actually flip that around and make it a very useful uh, tool for you in your life. And you do that through the Stoic technique of negative visualization, which is a tool that helps you to turn that around right and to be the master of your fate rather than to be the slave of your fate, right? Uh, and, And what that means is instead of just being governed by this narrative and feeling so stressed before something happens, why don't you actually face that potential threat head on voluntarily yourself and say, okay, well, if this does happen, what am I going to do to make sure that it doesn't ruin me? If this does happen, what am I going to do which will help me to face this threat uh, with a sense of equanimity and a sense of calm, right? Now, that is a much better technique than just suffering unnecessarily all throughout your life because you're imagining these future ills to come. Sit down and actually write a list. What are the things that you're worried about at the moment? What are the things that are on your horizon that might be stressing you out? Write them down. And then write out a list of things that you might be able to do to either prepare for that happening or to, you know, actually face it better when it does happen or if it does happen. But the first thing that you need to recognize, as Seneca is saying here, just you have to understand that this actually might not happen and likely it won't happen. Right. And so you have to have that understanding first because that will bring the initial calm. And if you want to turn it around and to not be a slave to the narratives that run through your mind, then you can do that through negative visualization. Now, I said that I was going to be jumping through a few different passages in this letter. I think that I'm going to leave this episode here. I'll do a part two for this uh, for this theme, right? Because I think that there's enough in this episode to, to meditate on. I don't want to throw too much at you. But, uh, you know, just have a think about what Seneca said in that passage. You know, have a think about uh, the, the times in your life when you really stress and worry about things that are to come. And, and one thing that you might think of is, okay, look back at your life and think about all 
all the stress that you've experienced, all the anxiety you've gone through about things to come, bad things to come your way, how many of those things actually happened? That's another great exercise that can help you to, you know, turn this around and to not be a slave to the narrative just by looking back at your life and saying, how many of the ills that I perceived would happen to me actually did come to pass? And what will probably happen is you'll recognize that very few of those things ever happened, but you did suffer a lot in your imagination. And so that's another thing that can help you to kind of uh, move forward with a greater sense of calm in your life uh, because you're looking back at your life and you're learning the lessons that you need to learn, which is that you shouldn't be governed by those narratives which just pop into your mind and and tell you stories of of future terrible things to happen um, because often they will not happen. So anyway, I'm going to leave it there and I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I'll continue in the next one.